listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, episode 172. Today, mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with Chief Energy Officer and keynote speaker Larry Long Jr. to talk about his story and perspective about mindset, leadership, and motivation, especially through this pandemic. Larry shares his mission to positively impact individual and organizations and his mindset behind it. If you're looking for energy, excitement, and a jolt to get you into action, then this is a must-listen episode. ready to raise your game? 2021 is the year to increase your performance on and off the field. The Athlete's Edge Journal was designed to cultivate self-confidence and mental resilience through the power of sports psychology. Whether you are a professional athlete, a former college athlete, or have aspirations of greatness in the future, this journal is for you. Visit winthementalgame.com and use the promo code GRANTPAR20 to receive a 20% discount at checkout. Act now to take your mental game to the next level. What if you could rapidly accelerate your team's performance and skill acquisition just minutes before practice or game? NeuroTrainer triggers high-performance states with virtual reality brain training that can be deployed in the gym or at home. In just eight minutes, your team will be more focused and ready for whatever you or the game throws at them. Visit NeuroTrainer.com to schedule your demo and get your team locked in. Hey, Larry, how are you? What's going on, GP? Coach Grant in the house. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Oh, man, this is... Uh, this is a treat for me, but this is going to be more of a treat for my my listeners. And if my listeners are feeling a little low on energy, they are going to get pumped up because I will tell you that Larry is not short of any, any energy, any motivation. He will get you going. So um, I'm really, really excited to share just not only your, your energy, but your stories, your perspective, especially through the times that we're going through right now. So we're going to hit on hit on mindset and leadership and motivation and and how to deal with the pandemic and I just can't wait to to get into your mind and and have you share everything that's uh, in that body right there. So I'm I'm really excited to have you on the show. Grant, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to your guests. Make sure you have your seatbelt on or you might fall off. <laughs> that's no joke. I love it. I love it. Well, let's, let's get into the first question that I love. It's about mental toughness. And I, and I say this all the time on my shows. We all know what being mentally tough feels like, what it looks like. We have an understanding, but everybody has just a little bit of a different paradigm or lives in, within a different paradigm with mental toughness. So when you think about the two words, mental toughness, uh, what does that mean to you? Yeah, it's, uh, it really means being able to act on what we all know. And that's taking adversity, taking anything that can manage the emotions around it, address it, and then move on. The term that I like to use around mental toughness is the term Fido. And I'll tell you, Grant, that's the, not the name of my dog. My dog's name is Shaq. I'm a big Shaquille O'Neal fan. Right. He's a 4.8 pound Pomeranian. I'm afraid of dogs. But Fido stands for Epic Drive On. And essentially, I use it all the time. That's my, that's my team name for, for the viewers that can see. Uh, this was a bat that was given to me by my team. And you'll see Team Fido. Fido means epic drive on. If something comes up, epic drive on. We all get hit with obstacles. Right. But I'm looking for folks that will find a way over them, under them, 
around them. And if you have to, boom, kind of like uh, Nate Robinson previously, boom, you just knock it out. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I love that you brought that up because there was a, a female basketball player that I worked with. She was actually a couple of years ago. She was the number one recruit in, in the nation. Uh, she plays at uh, Stanford now. And she had this thing like when, when she, her shot was off or when something happened that didn't go her way, she'd just say, F it, next bucket. There it is. I'm right. Got to get your mind right. And I, I've got a story. I don't know if I can share a story with you, but oh, yeah. you're talking about basketball balling. I'm a base. I'm a baseball guy. And I played baseball at University of Maryland. My dad ran track at Maryland. My sister, who's 10 years younger, she ran track at Maryland. I'm the black sheep of the family, literally and figuratively. They're <laughs> like, baseball? I'm like, yeah, you run after you hit the ball. They're like, okay, we'll let it slide. <laughs> My freshman year, I start off on the bench. I was number three on the depth chart coming out of the fall. I'm not a math major, but I said number three. There's three outfield positions. I'll be starting. I wasn't. I was sitting on the bench. I was playing the position of one for my first 24. It doesn't take a mathematician to know that is not good. That's well below the Mendoza line. It says, hey, coach, can I get in? Nope, you're left out. So I remember we were at UNC Green. I came down from Maryland. After the game, I think I got in seventh inning, struck out twice. What else is new? I called him and I said, hey, pops, I can't play division one. I. I definitely don't belong at the ACC. And my dad, being the, the type of guy he is, he reached through that phone and he, he yanked me up with some words that I can't repeat to your listeners, but use your imagination. He said, dude, you got my name, Larry Long Jr. We don't roll like that. He said, you got to get back to the drawing board, get back on the tee. And most importantly, you got to get your mind right, because it's kind of like the Henry Ford quote, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. I was already defeated. I'm stepping in the batter's box thinking, uh-oh, am I going to strike out again? Uh-oh. Instead of having that confidence, instead of having that mental toughness, as you talked about it, and that internal belief, I was already psyching myself out. And my dad was a jumper. And I remember he would visualize before his jump. He would go through his routine, and essentially he would get his mind right to have success. I love that. And, you know, there's so many things, and we're going to talk about this in a second. There's so many things that we get from the the game of whatever. So the game of baseball, the game of football for me. When you go through what you went through, because every athlete goes through not even once, but probably multiple times where they, they're like, you know what, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not good anymore. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe the love is not there, but then you get that kind of conversation from someone, your dad, your coach, teammate. So when you're, when your dad reached through the phone and kind of shook you a little bit, now it seems like, and you've shared that story with me before. So it seems like it's pretty monumental how many times has that conversation, that experience showed up after baseball? Like when you wanted to quit something or things got tough? Yeah, it's, uh, and Grant, you're a little sluggish, but essentially I'm going through that right now. I'm going to keep it real with you cool. and launching my side business as a, as a motivational speaker uh, has been tough to manage. And uh, essentially I've had to power through and thankfully, God bless my dad's voice still shines loud and still shines bright that Larry, you've got to believe it in your heart and believe it in your mind if you ever want to have a chance at success. And I'll tell you how powerful the mind is, Grant. My, my dad grew up in Baltimore City in the projects of Baltimore, only one from his family to graduate high school. It was December 10th, 2015, the day before he passed away. Hey, Pops, how you feeling? 
Larry, I'm feeling the best I've ever felt. That was a bold-faced lie. But he was putting in his mind, he was speaking into existence that, hey, if I can think it in my heart, think it in my mind, my body will follow. Now, unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. But that was just, for me, I look back at it, and it's like, first, he wanted to comfort me that, hey, I'm okay. You don't need to worry about me. And secondly, he was trying to pump himself up that, hey, I can overcome anything, even the physical ailments, with the power of my mind. Exactly. And I, you know, I'm sure you've heard this, but I I tell myself all the time, if I'm feeling off, I'm not feeling good, or there's negativity inside me, I always tell myself, I don't have to feel good to perform well. And and there's more, more often than not when I'm not feeling right, but I, I do the right, I, you know, I honor my routine and I do what I need to do. When I get through it, when I get through to the, on the other side of the dark side, that's when I'm like, yeah, like I trusted myself. Yes. You don't have to feel, I mean, don't get me wrong. It feels great when you feel great and you do something really good as far as your performance, but it's just like, it just feels good to lean through it and trust yourself even when you're not feeling hundred percent. So true. So true. You hit the nail on the head right there. So true. <laughs> I love it. Well, we talk a little bit about what we, what we get from sports. So when you, you know, you played baseball for a long time, you competed at, at a very elite level. What do you think is the most important thing that you have taken from the game of baseball that's helped you life after sports? Yeah, this is an easy one. It's probably my middle name. If you look up the word failure in the mm. Webster's Dictionary, you're going to see the smile from a mile. My picture's right there. <laughs> I was the strikeout king. I, uh, oh goodness, you, if there's a mistake to be made, I made it. But essentially, I learned that, hey, you've got to, as you said, you've got to lean and you've got to fail forward. And essentially, even if you fail forward, make sure you fall down on your back because <laughs> now you're looking up, which gives you a chance to do it again. Exactly. So I can tell you that my and in sales, you're going to fail more than you succeed in baseball. If you're a 70 percent failure, you're getting a pat on the back and you're going to the Hall of Fame in sales. If you're a 70 percent failure. You're, you're going to be hitting your quota in a lot of places and you're going to be getting a nice, a nice little commission check. Yeah. So it's one of those things. And as an entrepreneur, it's one of those things where you're going to, you're going to run into a lot of brick walls, but those folks that can't handle that and aren't able to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, it's not for you. And it's not for everyone. Not everyone is built tough. And even, even for someone who is, I mean, I think I'm built tough. It's still tough, but it's, and getting coached up and making adjustments, just small adjustments, the little things mean so much in baseball, in sales, in business, and in life. So that would be my, my most critical uh, lesson that I learned. Well, and when you think about uh, transition, right? When you left the game of baseball, right? Obviously, you, you took some things with you that are going to you know, help you with life after sports, life after baseball. But how was your transition when you left the game of baseball? Because there's a lot of great stories of, of people that had a, an incredible transition. Because it's, you know, for the most part, it becomes our identity when you especially when you play a sport for so long. So and there's there's been some stories out there that are very tough to hear as far as a tra- transition. And mine's tough. I mean, mine, I took almost two decades. Uh, to get over my stuff and and to deal with identity issues and depression and all that stuff. So with you, how was your transition leaving the game of baseball? 
Yeah, I'm going to tell you, Grant, I was fortunate. I was blessed. My parents always told me, hey, your priorities, you better get your priorities right. It's right. faith, it's family, and then it's everything else, fitness, the game of baseball. But they they pretty much groomed me and they they showed me. I remember when I was younger, my dad was still training to go to the Olympics. He was still working out, but he was still working. It's like, hey, let's move on to the next chapter. So for me, I had internships while I was in college, which was a little bit unique. I was still playing summer baseball, but I said, hey, I need to get this experience if I want to position myself to have success when that chapter closes, because it's going to close. And you got to, I had this conversation. I have a gentleman that works with me that played in the NFL. And he said, I always thought that if I thought about life after football, which is my identity, I'd be showing weakness and I wouldn't be able to have success at the task at hand. And, and when he and I had that conversation, he was going through where the light was at the end of the tunnel. And it wasn't his doing, but essentially this game has a way of shutting that chapter for you. And essentially we work through what are your priorities? What's important to you? Where do you get joy? And where do you want your identity to be after being football player, which his whole life, his father played in college, yeah. his uncle played in the NFL. That's his identity. But you've got to have an identity in addition to football player. What does that look like? So my example, I've really been fortunate, been blessed that I had essentially that example. Yeah. You know, and we've talked a lot about this um, on my show, but you know, when it comes to transition and in identity, it's, that's, I think it's really, really important uh, that when we're working with kids and the younger generation is to really ask the question, who are you? Who are you outside of the sport? Who, and even as adults, who are you outside of your role at work? The more you have a good sense of who you are, then when you, when you deal with transition, when you have to make a complete, you know, 180 or just change your environment, you're a little bit more grounded because you know who you are. And it's not this identity, this thing that's, you know what I mean? So um, that's something that I had a, man, it took me a long time to understand that. But now it's a beautiful thing when you get to have a 15 year old tell you that they're a musician, they're a brother, they're an avid book reader, right? They're, they're, they are other things outside of their sport. It's absolutely amazing to see and, and to see them serve as that example to others because people watch. I mean, whether you know it or not, people are watching you, yeah. Dr. Grant. People are why I know people are watching me. I got a seven-year-old and an 11-year-old that are watching me all the time and they're, they're so perceptive. So it's really a responsibility for all of us. When you know better, you got to do better. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I, I want to bring this up too, because I think the basis of, you know, the work that I do, whether it is mental skills training or leadership training, where we get to be so great starts with our energy. Now there's other things that, that we can focus on mindset and, and visualization and breathing and meditation and all that, the, the mental skills piece, but your energy, I, I mean, I can only imagine being in front of you um, what it would feel like, but have you always had this energy? Like, what do you do to cultivate your energy? What do you do to protect it and, and enhance it? Or is it just, man, you wake up and you just switch on that switch and you're just, boom, I'm Larry. I'm a person just like everyone else. I have bad days, 
If I watch the news, I'm in a bad mood for the rest of the week, but I make choices. And to answer your question, yes, I remember we lived in Grand Island, Nebraska. My mom tells me the story. We lived in an apartment and there's tornadoes that come. I don't remember this. I was too young, but everyone's down in the basement and they're scared. And I'm, I don't know, five years old, running around, smiling, jumping around. Everyone's like, sit down, you big dummy, you little dummy. We, our lives are in danger. But it's one of those things where my mom is just super positive. My dad is a lot more, he was a lot more subdued than me, but still positive. So it's that, that energy that I have, I've always had it. I make a choice to not surround myself. And I think it's uh, Jim Rohn who said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you surround yourself with negative Nancys and negative Nellies, Chances are you're going to be negative. It's going to be, but I make a choice where I try to surround myself with positive people uh, that that are Tiggers and not Eeyores. The guy that I work with, Momo, he talks <laughs> about there, there's Tiggers in this world and there's Eeyores. You make the choice. And when I think about Carpe Diem, I'm going to seize each and every day. Any day that my two feet hit the ground and I wake up, it's a blessing to start off with. That's the perspective mm-hmm. and the mindset. And I'm going to make the most of that. And by make the most, it's kind of like what Martin Luther King Jr. said. Life's most urgent and persistent question is, what are you doing to help others? It's, it's not about me. It's not about, I'm not a me monster. It's not about that person in the mirror. Now, I got to make sure I put my oxygen on so that I can then serve and put oxygen on my two kids, my beautiful wife my friends, my colleagues, my coworkers, strangers, acquaintances. That's just my perspective. I can only speak for me, but yeah, my energy, I would say that's my superpower. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I incorporate um, my meaning of success with my energy. Um, I incorporate energy with my meaning of being in service you know, my energy is my offering. That is, you know, that's something, there's a lot of things I can control, but man, if I can, if I can give, because energy is so powerful. I mean, it's, it's powerful. And if you take care of it, um, the person that's going to receive it is going to get a nice little treat and gift. Um, but it will come back. The universe will respond. So, you know, energy is beautiful, man. And you mentioned something there about what you can control. Now, we don't know each other all too well, but I love to eat. And uh, we've got Bojangles, it's chicken and biscuits, and there's one two miles down the road. I'm actually down 20 pounds, coach, but all right. essentially when I talk about eat, it's something that I heard someone mention, you can control your emotions, you can control your actions and your attitude, and you can control how you treat other people. Yeah. Outside of that, eat. There's really not much you can control. I, I can't control what other people are doing. Other, other people are even wackier than me. But I can control how I react to it. When, when, when that, that tennis ball gets hit underneath the net, I can control how I, how I deal with it. Uh, forehand, backhand, it's the same thing with situations that just happen every day in life. Exactly. And, you know, and on the theme of staying on the theme of energy, because, you know, again, you are director of sales, you, you've had a very long career after sports um, in sales. But considering the time that we're living in, um, just like any other role, but in sales, you have to perform. And there's just so much pressure as a salesperson. I spent 17 years being a salesperson. So I, I, I get it. But right now, the landscape is different. And it, it's different too, depending on the industry that you're in as well. But if you were going to 
share with somebody, a salesperson going through the pandemic right now, uh, someone who is Debbie Downer, energy is low. They're not taking care of themselves. So what are some of the things and pointers, um, advice that you would give this salesperson? Yeah. Number one, you got to get your mind right. You got to get your perspective right. And you got to look at the core of why. What's your why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why Why are you selling what you're selling? And, and oh, I don't care if you have the title, you're selling something. I'm a big believer that sales oh, yeah. is playing that. We're, we're in a rough time right now with the pandemic. It is what it is. What I ask is, what are you going to do about it? And by do, what actions are you going to take? Because Mark Cuban said it best. He said, hey, during this pandemic, we don't know how long it's going to be. There's going to be winners and there's going to be losers. And if you keep your eyes open, individuals and organizations are going to let their true colors shine through. So I've had my notes. I've been I've been taking notes because there, there's there's people that are getting it in and doing what they need to do, whether that's learning a new language, whether that's picking up a hobby. My wife has been learning how to play that guitar, at least try to play that guitar. What are you doing to make the most of the situation or are you doing nothing? If you're doing nothing but Netflix and chilling, that tells me that you don't care. You don't because if you care, you're going to do something. And life is tough. Life is a four letter word. So, I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's 2020, I think March 13th, Friday the 13th was when everything popped off. Yeah. If if it wasn't the pandemic, it was going to be something else. 2021, it's not guaranteed that everything's going to be rainbows and unicorns and all hunky dory. There's going to be something else that hits us. So you've got to get yourself ready and you've got to be able to keep that happy medium. When things are going great, stay on your grind. When things aren't going great, keep your mind right and still stay on your grind. Right. Exactly. When you brought up um, knowing your why, which is your motivation is what motivates you. And, and so I'm, I'm all about it. I'm all about not only knowing your why, your how, like how are you going to do it? Right. But knowing that motivation is a temporary thing. um, That's why to me, when I'm working with people, if, if you are going to connect with your why, you need to see your why, like it needs, like you need to write it down. It needs to be visible because you know, you're going to get distracted and you're going to forget about it. So what is some of your, you know, your, your teachings or lessons or point of view on, on keeping motivation alive because it, it's temporary. It does go away at times. You're, you're absolutely correct. And like you said, you got to document it when you put it down and I'm, I'm old school. I, I, I go pen and pad. I mean, I got notepads to galore, but I'm that. also new school. I mean, what's up now? I just got that new, that new iPhone. I keep my notes in here. It, it's really having that daily reminder. I've heard some people that laminate it. They put it in their mirror. They put it in their, uh, in their shower so that they can see it over and over. But for me, my, uh, this is just me personally. I can't speak for anyone else. I can barely speak for myself, but essentially my why is Larry, what are you doing today to help someone else out? What are you doing? What are you physically doing to help someone else get to that next level? And when I think about next level, everyone's at a different level. Russell, Russell Westbrook, basketballer, averaged yeah. a triple double three seasons in a row. During the offseason, he's still working on raising his game to the next level. Now, he's not working on his defense. He was playing in Houston. Now he's over at the Wizards, but he's working on his three-pointers. Hey, Larry, what are you doing to step your game up? And then what are you doing to help others? It's great to show the example, 
but you also need to help guide. My job as a leader is to take action and to help guide people, serve as that Sherpa so that they can take their respective game professionally and personally to that next level. You know, you brought up service, which I, I believe that it's the number one role in the world. If you, if you want to hold a role that has so much just meaning and love and joy to it, be in service. So, and I know that you are, I mean, you can just tell it oozes out of you. What does being in service mean to you? And then describe the feeling when you are in service. It, to me, it's just a way of life. And, and we've all played sports. We've all worked in jobs and been in situations. You can tell where someone's mind and their heart is at. I call them me monsters. If you're a me monster, I don't have time for you. If, all, if you wake up and all you care about is me, 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 eh, I mean, it's, it's kind of like Young Jeezy. I don't know if you listen to rap, but Young Jeezy has a song talking about go-getters. And I love go-getters. I love a go-getter. Go get it. But I really love, and I know we talked about this, yeah. go-giver, because you gave me the book recommendation. It's on my queue in Amazon. <laughs> Be a go-giver. I want people that are go-getters and go-givers. So, I mean, for me, it's all about how much can I give. And there's two people in this world. There's the people that want to give as much, and then there's the others that just want to take as much. And if you have the mindset of giving with no expectation in return, it's magical. That's the, that's the silver bullet, the magic dust to success from my experience. I can't talk for anyone else, but when you are pure, when you are authentic about just giving to help others succeed, and that's, that's why I love coaching. I mean, some of my proudest moments, you ask me, how does it make me feel? When my, when my team gives me a bat because they know I like baseball, and it says Coach Long, Team Fido, by hook or by crook, which is hilarism. And then what you talking about, Willis, which my teams normally make me say, what you talking about, Willis? That just means so much. And when I'm able to see my reps, my former colleagues, move on to accomplish their goals, whether it's leadership, whether it's enterprise sales. I got one rep who's in New Mexico. He's a physical therapist, big Cameron. It's like, Wow. You followed the process, you stuck with it, and you were able to accomplish what you wanted to accomplish. Two thumbs up. There's no better feeling. Mm, no better feeling. You know, and you also, again, you brought up leadership. And I'm, I'm interested just because, you know, we live in different times right now, and you are leading a sales team. What are some of the things that you have trusted within to provide good relationship or a good leadership or what are some of the things you've had to tweak as a leader during this, this time? Yeah. So, I mean, some of the keys to good leadership is really communication and care. And essentially there's a saying, I don't know who said it, but no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And this is coaching. This is in the boardroom. This is in sales. If you don't care about me and you show me that you care, I don't, I'm not going to run through a wall for you. I just, nah, ain't nobody got time for that. Mm -hmm. So as a leader, I've got to show my people that I care. And that comes down to communication. Are we talking and having genuine conversations about, Hey, how are you doing? Not, we keep score. I mean, we keep a scoreboard, which is why I love sales, but it's more than that. It's more than just sales. It's about people's lives. So I want to know, how are the kids doing? I got a rep on my team who's got five kids uh, down in Birmingham. They recently got hit with the hurricanes that came through. Electricity went out. Hey, 
Talk to me about the fam. What's going on? How did the flag football game go? Hey, little man's playing fall baseball. And that's just genuine. People can, they can smell BS from a mile away. Totally. So you've got to be genuine, but you've got to show and prove that you care about that connection. You care about the human being first. And then we can get into the business side. Then we can get into the process to follow so that we're now achieving the goals and we're all winning, which is what we all want. But leadership it's not a title. I mean, there's plenty of leaders out there that don't have a title. There's plenty with the title. They ain't leading nothing. I mean, no one's following them. It's like, how did that happen? But I mean, and and you talked about the adjustment times are, I mean, each individual is an individual. I've got reps on my team that are single in a, I mean, I had a rep who told me, Hey, Larry, I feel like the walls are closing in. I'm in a small apartment. I'm by myself. And I said, Hey, I'm here to help. I'm here to support you, but I'm also going to get you tied in. We have an employee resource that can, we have professionals that can help you manage through this time. And it's not, it's not a simple fix of do some push-ups and shake it off. When you talk about mental toughness and you talk about mental health, these are real serious issues that folks are going on. I've got one rep who just had a newborn baby. I know how I've got two. I know the challenges, the dynamics of having kids, uh, the wife dynamics, the family dynamics. So each individual is different. And if you treat them all the same, you're going to you're going to have a tough time. It's really being able to work with each individual as a unique being, (laughs) which we all are, and then adapting as needed there while also balancing and managing the expectations of the business. We got to keep the lights on. Totally. And and I love it that you said that as far as, I think that's, that's what makes not only you a good leader, but a transformational leader where you can actually, you, you take the time to get to know everybody and everybody on your team has different dynamics if you can plug into those dynamics and support them and guide them, um, man, you have a whole army behind you that are, that's going to get your back because you've taken the time to really plug into them. Yep. It's all about relationships. I, yeah. I had a, a sales coach down in Florida, Steve Noodleberg. He runs the Noodleberg huddle every morning at 8 a.m. I tune in and uh, Lawrence Taylor joins every now and again. But I met him seven years ago and he said, Larry, in my 30 years of selling, I learned the difference between contacts, people you know, mm-hmm. and contracts, people you do business with. And it doesn't have to be about transaction of money, but any kind of business is the letter R, and that's relationships. He said, it's not what you know, and it's not even who you know. It's who knows you, and who trusts you, and who believes in you that really makes things happen. And, and if you're not developing, if you're not working on uh, strengthening relationships, what are you doing? I've got another rep who told me every day he does the hashtag three minute challenge. Think about this, Grant. He picks out one person in his Rolodex and he finds something he can do that will surprise and delight them. So, so for you, Grant, I know you were just at Tahoe. I don't know if you're a golfer. I mean, I'm, I'm Tiger Woods's cousin, but if you were a golfer, I would take a picture of the tickets. I was supposed to be at the Masters this year. I'd take a picture of it. I would send it to you and I would say, hey, Grant, don't be Grant hidden in the woods like I'm Larry hidden in the woods just to bring a smile to your face. I'm not asking you for anything, but now I'm showing you that I care I'm showing you that I'm thinking of you and that relationship is now getting bonded even stronger. Yeah, man. It's energy, it's connection. Um, 
and there's so much that comes out of it. And I, and I love it that you brought it up. A couple more questions here real quick before we, we sign up, sign off. Um, the pandemic, you know, we've roundabout talked about it a few times um, in the last half an hour. If you were to give a message to either an athlete or a corporate athlete, someone in sales, somebody in business, because we don't know when this is going to end. It seems like we, there's a light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccines and stuff. But as a performer, like you said, we got to take care of our minds, right? So what, what's some of your advice that you would say to someone right now during the pandemic? Yeah, find, find, find what works for you and be open to getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, getting out of your comfort zone. So just because you you did it a certain way before doesn't mean you have to continue doing that. There, there's a book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. So I just encourage uh, exploration, knowledge, and testing things out. Yeah. I mean, I just told a buddy of mine, I said, hey, your story, you better be writing this down because that's a screenplay. That's a movie that I want to see. I'm like, there's no way someone can have that much drama in their life at the house, at the office. I'm like, this is unbelievable. I hope you're writing it down because if you aren't, I will, and I'll turn it into a book and a movie. So <laughs> I'm a big fan of documenting the experience as well as just talking. I mean, when this is this has shown that even though we don't have the physical connection, I mean, we're not dapping each other up. We're not giving hugs physically. Right. There's a need for that connection, that interpersonal connection. And even though we're, we're boxes, we're your box is talking to my box. We're still people. And that connection is so important. So I know I said a lot, but I would say document, write down, journal if you can, make sure that you're you are what you eat. Make sure you're consuming really positive stuff uh, and make sure you're surrounding yourself with cheerleaders that both support you, but also give you a swift kick in the butt. Mine is my <laughs> wife. She gives, she loves giving me a swift kick in the butt to say, hey, oh, no, no. Dikembe Mutombo style. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's the same way. And it's so funny when, you know, when I, you know, become human, right? I'm not this coach all the time. Uh, whenever I get negative or if I start, you know, looking at the, the glass half, you know, you know, full, whatever. And she's like, she always will look at me and go, okay, mental performance coach. And that's all she has to say. And I'm like, okay, got it. Right. We, we all, we all need it. We yeah. all need that, that coach. We all need that support. Uh, we need people that will tell it like it is and not just yes, men, yes, women, and not folks that'll be negative all the time because that rubs off. It's like, Hey, I want constructive feedback. What am I doing well? And then where are those opportunity areas for improvement? And you said it earlier. I love that word of opportunity, chaos, turbulence, always creates an opportunity. Totally. You got to make sure you got your eyes and your ears open or you're going to miss it. Exactly. You just got to, you get, you got to be open and vulnerable. That's why I've trained myself um, through all the adversities that I've gone through that as soon as I see something crazy, like I just share with you, you know, with, 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 uh, with my house and everything, yeah. there's going to be an opportunity. I know there is because I've gone through it so many times. That's right. That's right. And I love that perspective. It's all about, the mindset, all about that perspective and looking for that good, that great, that wonderful. It's a choice. Exactly. It's a choice. Now, I'm going to go a little bit deeper before we sign off here. Um, but I, I love this question because it's all about reflection. And I think that's where growth happens. I mean, it happens in different stages. But when you reflect on your whole career, even as a baseball player, like what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is a tough one. It's really that I'm tougher than that voice tells me oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm battling, I'm battling that voice right now. And uh, it's really, it's knowing in my heart, it's going back at times where I've had to dig deep. It's like, Hey, you're, you're a tough guy. You're built for this. You're made for this. Go get it. Don't, don't, don't sit back and don't second guess and keep doubting, go get it. And that voice, the voice is telling me, don't do it. Then the other voice and my dad is saying, boy, didn't I tell you, you better get on, you better get on out there. (laughs) I mean, the, the learning about myself is that, Hey, you, you're, you're good just the way you are. Like it's, there's never going to be a perfect time. It's, it's kind of like, when's the perfect time to have kids? Never. It's never the perfect time. Right. It's like, just do it. Just do it. Right. So. That's, you know, it's, it's great that, that you have that reflection. And I think it's, um, to me, there's just, there's so much to, to what you've learned, um, you know, and trusting yourself. So, um, awesome, man. Well, how can my listeners plug into your energy, check you out on social media, connect with you? Yeah, I I appreciate it, Coach Grant. The best way to find me is on LinkedIn. Uh, If you look up Larry Long Jr., there's no mistaking. I got the face for radio. I got the smile for a mile. You'll be like, yep, that's that crazy dude. (laughs) I'm also, I'm on on Twitter, Larry Long Jr. I'm on YouTube, Larry Long Jr. I do a little midweek, midday motivational minute. Uh, sometimes I go live, other times I record it every Wednesday, right around 12, 1230 Eastern time. But I would love to connect. I would love to help. I would love to learn from you and hopefully share with you. I just appreciate you allowing me this opportunity, Grant. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I will definitely have you back on the show. Your, your energy is incredible. Um, I think it's, I think the world needs more, more Larry's. Um, but I always say this to people that especially during this time, this is a time where you start to connect with yourself, connect with your craft, and also connect with people that are going to feed you. And whenever you're feeling low, yes, there's things you can do in the moment that's going to affect your energy, but there's no better thing to do than to go plug into someone else's energy. Because that's what we're here on this earth is to serve each other with our energy and also to solve problems. But um, that's a different topic. But you know, if there's anybody out there listening to this and you feel a little down, you're feeling not motivated or you're second guessing yourself or you're questioning your purpose in life, reach out to Larry because I know he will inject you with some motivation. Yeah, Grant, I appreciate you. I would say likewise, you've been a blessing to me and there's a reason why Penelope put us in touch and I'm Super just so Pete. fortunate, just blessed and grateful. I appreciate you. Awesome, man. Well, again, thank you for your energy. Thank you for your mindset and sharing your stories, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Peace.